at the church, and I've gotten to know her, gosh, over the course of the last couple years, uh, volunteering for the, ger- the church and, and then now working here. And I can personally vouch for the fact that, you know, if you don't know Vicki and you haven't actually spent a, an hour of just talking and hanging out with her, um, she, she really lives what she preaches. And she hasn't preached that much <laughs> yet, <laughs> uh, but she really is the real deal. And and when you sit with her, you understand like, wow, there's nobody else in the room but me. She really cares about your story. She really cares about your walk with God. And I just love seeing what God's doing in her life. And I love what He's put on her heart for tonight. And I think we're all going to really be blessed uh, to hear from her. So can we just give a warm welcome to Vicky? <laughs> Come on up. Okay, this is really loud. You can turn me down. Hi. I love that she set the bar so low. Like, I really appreciate that. She doesn't, yeah, she walks it out, but she hasn't talked a lot. So I love that. <laughs> love about that. I love this. How are you all? Okay, this is my hair starting to get a little crazy, so I'm just going to turn it up. Okay, well, welcome. It's just fun to be up here or down here. I like it down here. Okay, so one thing I was thinking about, um, for visitors, we have VBS starting next week. And if you have children, I just wanted to plug that because we have such an awesome VBS program, so Vacation Bible School. So if you have children that are ages 4 to 11, they're welcome to come. It's free of charge. And we um, will start Monday night, and it goes for four nights. We don't do all week. We do four nights. Um, the helpers and volunteers would appreciate that. Um, but it goes from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. each night. So if you have children and you want to bring them over, come on over. If you have a four-year-old, we ask that an adult from your family, not one here, but an, an adult stays with them and, and goes through each night with them. So um, I just wanted to extend that out there because I love Vacation Bible School. So, But they won't let me attend as a, a child anymore. I have to actually see a big person. Okay, so I was reading recently about the birthing process. And no, Emma, I'm not pregnant. My daughter's out here, and she'd probably be going, yeah, mom's pregnant, because she wants us to have another child. But mm -mm, that's not going to happen. So unless it's divine, right? Okay, so I was reading about the the birthing process, and um, I want to share a few things about that. So while inside the mother, okay, the fetus is... The way it breathes is through the placenta of the mother. So it's not actually breathing with its lungs like we do. So it gets all of its oxygen um, through the mother's placenta. And during that time, the baby's lungs are filled with amniotic fluid. Okay? And if you're a nurse, you probably know this better than I do. But um, So as the baby's due date nears, the lungs begin to absorb that fluid. And as the baby um, is goes through the birth canal... It squeezes more of that fluid out of the lungs. Okay, so then by the time the baby, um, and the lungs are not inflated at this point, but as the baby is birthed and comes out, it takes its first breath for the first time. And respiration, that's that process when it finally begins. And the lungs inflate, and as they do, more of the liquid is um, uh, expressed out. So that natural rhythm of inhaling and exhaling begins. Now, for us, we probably rarely pay attention to our breathing, right? How often do you think about your breathing? I think the only time I think about my breathing, other than if I'm going to jump in water and go under the water and hold my breath, but when I go to the doctor, I don't know about you, but every time they pull out that stethoscope and they go, okay, take a deep breath in, and exhale, and then they tell you to take that second deep breath, I suddenly feel like I'm going to hyperventilate because I can't get the air out fast enough, right? You're like, <sighs> and I just, I become very conscious of my breathing at that time. But that's not normal, right? In fact, the average adult takes 12 to 18 breaths every minute, which the rhythm, which means the rhythm of inhaling and exhaling occurs about 20,000 times each day. 
and that's the rhythm of our breath, and it's also the rhythm of our life. Without breath, we don't have life. And it just comes very naturally. Well, tonight, I want us to consider our spiritual journey as a daily rhythm, just like breathing. So it just becomes very natural. We take breath in, and then we exhale. Like every time that we are seeking the Lord and spending time with him, we are breathing him in. We're taking him in. And as we exhale, it just naturally, the aroma of Christ is just delivered. It's imparted to others. It's imparted in the way we speak, the way we act, the way we respond. Right? It just is so that's what I want to look at tonight, that as we seek the Lord's presence, we inhale him and we exhale him to the world around us. Does that make any sense? Okay, good. We're on the same page. If it doesn't, just go with it, right? <laughs> Someone told me tonight that um, it was actually really freeing. Just being away from the children in here, is a new friend that's kind of a friend I've never met, but I've heard all about her from other people here. But I got to meet her tonight, and that was, I thought, oh, that's so freeing. She goes, I could say nothing probably, and she'd be like, yeah, I'm here, I'm relaxed. So our women's summer series this year is called Seek and Dwell. And as I was praying about tonight's message, I started thinking about who in the Bible has a spiritual rhythm like I just described. Who would that be? And immediately I thought of David. Now, David, um, you may know him as a shepherd boy, a musician, a poet, of course a giant killer, a king, probably known as the greatest king of Israel. He was an ancestor to Jesus. He's listed in the Hall of Faith, which you can read about in Hebrews 11. And um, my favorite, he is described by God himself as a man after God's own heart. Now, he definitely wasn't a perfect man. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. Uh, he proceeded to arrange for the murder of Bathsheba's husband. And he disobeyed God at times. Um, he maybe didn't make the best parenting decisions, which, hey, we can, us parents can relate to him. But I love that description that as God said it in his own words, he, was, he removed Saul from kingship and he said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's pretty powerful. And I was thinking the one thing about David that I love, he sinned as we all do. He made some obviously some some really bad choices, but he always came back and he repented and he asked for forgiveness and he sought the Lord for wisdom. And in that, the Lord forgave him. He sometimes had to suffer the consequences of those sins, but he was always seeking the Lord's presence. So I was praying about um, a scripture that the Lord wanted us to sit in tonight and specifically about the Psalms, and um, there's 150 Psalms, and David wrote about half of them. Um, 75, I think, he's accredited with, to be exact. Um, but tonight, I landed on Psalm 63, and you'll see it on your outline so you can follow along. But I felt that Psalm 63 modeled a beautiful spiritual rhythm, just that breathing in and breathing out exercise. It models that perfectly. So tonight's message is titled, Seek the One Who Satisfies. So let's pray, and we will get started. Father in heaven, we, we acknowledge your presence here tonight. We just welcome and invite your very presence. Holy Spirit, would you just come right now? Come, Holy Spirit, fall on us. I pray as we go through your word tonight, Lord, that you would just give me clarity 
and improve me and help me communicate the things that you want to communicate to me. And I pray, Lord, that you would just prepare all of our hearts, that there would be an eagerness inside of us to receive from you. So give us ears and give me understanding of what you're saying. Amen. Okay, so you've got an outline, and then on the back of it, um, because we don't normally follow the New American Standard translation, that's what I'm going to use tonight because it's some of the wording that is used in this psalm. So you can follow along. It's on the back of your outline. And we're going to go through this entire psalm. And you should be very grateful that I didn't pick some of the other psalms because this only has 11 verses. Okay? Okay. Let's see. Okay, and just a reminder, before I read it, I'm going to share with you the setting. So David has written this psalm most likely um, when he is in the wilderness. He's in the desert of Judah, and he fled there seeking refuge from his son, Absalom, um, who has rebelled against him. And he is seeking to kill David, his father. So we got some issues here. Hopefully you don't have that kind of thing going on in your life. So he is out. He's fled. And um, he is seeking the Lord. So I'm going to read the entire psalm right now. It says, Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary, weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praise praises with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it will go into the depths of the earth. They will be delivered over to the power of the sword. They will be a prey for foxes. But the king will rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him will glory. For the mouths of those who speak lies will be stopped. Okay, so we're just going to follow along and go verse by verse. Um, and I'm going to do this because there is a rhythm that I want you to be looking for in this psalm. Um, and then we'll, when we end, we'll kind of walk through that rhythm and review it. Okay, and here's Greta Nina. I keep thinking if I pull this up higher, you may, I think it may head up. Okay, so in verses 1 and 2, uh, David models that we should seek God. And he says his first two words are, oh, God. And it's not just, oh, God. It's, oh, God. And I think it's pronounced Elohim, uh, which is Lord. And it acknowledges God as infinite, all-powerful, the one true covenant God. In fact, it is the very first word in the Bible that is used to describe God in Genesis 1-1. Um, he follows that up with, you are my God. And here he is acknowledging that God, who God is to him. And it implies intimacy and an, an existing relationship with this God. So, for example, I am married to a man named Derek, and he is my husband. Now, for me, he is my husband. To you all, he is a husband. But to me, my husband, I have a personal relationship with. I have intimacy with. I have history with him. And I know him well, and he knows me well. Another husband, I could not say that about, right? Hopefully not. <laughs> so David is talking with the God of the universe 
who ha he has an established relationship with, a personal established relationship with. And he follows on to say, I shall seek you earnestly. The word seek is a verb that implies intentional action. If he wasn't intentionally looking for God, he probably would have used a word like, oh, I found God. I stumbled across God because he wasn't looking for him, but he disappeared. So he is intentionally seeking God, looking for God. And he's doing it, he describes it as earnestly. Earnestly has two potential meanings here. There's sought early, so he was seeking early. So David seeks the Lord early in the day. In fact, some of those who embrace this translation have actually used this psalm as their morning prayer. Because it implied that David rises in the morning and the first thing he does is seek the Lord. Another meaning for uh, earnestly is diligently or ardently. So it has um, intense devotion within it. Meaning David sought the Lord constantly with great devotion. I know the idea of seeking constantly can be really hard, right? That can be kind of a, a struggle for us and maybe a little overwhelming. How do you actually seek the Lord constantly? But I heard an interview um, that was done with Dallas Willard, who's a famous theologian, um, author, and just amazing to listen to and great book. But he was talking about something that I felt reflected how you seek the Lord constantly. And his words were, he desires his quiet time, so his time with the Lord, his quiet time, to last all day long. Now, when you hear that, you go, oh, how do I possibly do that, right? But he felt, regardless of what was going on in his day, he's speaking, he's traveling, he's got events going on, whatever his responsibilities were for his day, his goal was to keep the Lord before him throughout his entire day. He acknowledged, too, that it's impossible to practice spiritual disciplines every day. He said, I just can't do it. I can't sit in solitude and I can't be silent and I can't read the scriptures and then memorize the scriptures and fast. I can't do all of that every day. I know that. And he even went as far as to say, if I hold myself to that standard, I'm now practicing a deadened legalism. Because it's not an overflow out of his heart. It was rules that he was following to be accepted, right? So when he said his quiet time lasting all day long and keeping the Lord before him, he said that he can do this. And in fact, he does do this every day. And simply by starting the day, he recites the Lord's Prayer and he recites Psalm 23 aloud. I think before he even got out of bed, he said. And he said, I don't just rattle it off. I say a verse and then I sit and I dwell on the Lord. And I put my thoughts toward him. And that was the one thing he knew he would do all day. And in his routine, he would stop for a moment when he had a break. And he said, I didn't waste my time. He joked about watching the news. He didn't, he didn't waste his time in watching the news. Um, he said that he would just break and he would repeat this. He'd repeat Psalm 23. He'd repeat the Lord's Prayer. And he just stayed with the Lord all day long. So before we go on, I felt it was important tonight um, to remember that God himself has modeled to us how to seek him. For us to be able to seek God, he must have sought us first. So we can't come into a relationship with him unless he is pursuing us first. And the Bible communicates this in numerous scriptures, but two I want to uh, share with you tonight. Jeremiah 31.3 says, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And in John 6.44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Our Creator our God, and we 
understood the speaking by drawing each of us to him. Our action to seek God, David's action to seek God, it was a response to God already pursuing him. Our response is to God already pursuing us. And I absolutely loved that because as I think back, I did not become a believer till I was 35 years old and I had no uh, Christian influence in my life. Um, every once in a while I would go to church with a friend and I don't remember anything that was said and it was all confusing to me. Um, but the one thing I remember is I felt so good and peaceful when I sat in church. I had no idea what they were talking about. I couldn't tell you anything, but I knew that whenever I got the opportunity to go, when someone invited me, I knew I wanted to be there. And that was because God was pursuing me, just like he's pursuing all of you. I, um, C.S. Lewis says this um, so well. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse each deaf world. And let me tell you, I was pretty deaf for a very long time. But God is pursuing each of us and drawing us. Okay, so we are going to get through the night, all 11 verses, just so you know. I know I'm spending a lot of time on these. Um, okay, so let's move on. Um, we're going to move on to, he continues in verse 1, and he says, My soul, and I want to stop there for just a second, because when you see things repeated in the scriptures, you want to pay attention to them. And my soul is repeated. It's in uh, verse 1, it's in verse 5, and I think verse 8, and I underlined them for you. But my soul, what he is saying here is my whole being, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, every part of David's existence. He says, everything in me thirsts for my God. He yearns for God. He longs for God. Every bit of him desires God. And then he goes on to say, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Now, we've established the setting, right? It's in the wilderness, this, the desert. So there is a physical thirst. It's easy to identify, but David recalls where his thirst was quenched in the past. And what does he say? In the sanctuary, in the tabernacle. That was the holy place where God's presence dwelled. And he remembers that. So two things that I think are important here. Not only is there a physical thirst, but it implies a spiritual thirst that David is seeking to have filled. His whole being yearns for fellowship with God. And remember in the Old Testament, the single dwelling place of God was in the Holy of Holies, in the temple. And only the high priest got to enter that place. If we lived then, we would not have entered into that place. But when God brought Jesus to earth, and it says in John 1, 1, the word became flesh. The word Jesus became a man. He came to live amongst us and live a life like we lived, but he lived it perfectly. So when he came and he dwelled among us, and then he gave his life for us, and then he was resurrected up, and the Holy Spirit was given to us, the third person of the Trinity, we get to receive the Holy Spirit when we become a believer of Jesus. And he dwells in us. So now God's dwelling place is within us. We don't have to go anywhere to find him. He's everywhere we go. We just have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and God's presence in us and seek him every day. So I know I spent a lot of time on two verses, but it's so important to everything else in this psalm, and it's fundamental to our spiritual journey. So without acknowledging God's lordship in our lives, without establishing true intimacy with him, and without diligently seeking him, there will be a thirst in your soul, there will be a thirst in my soul, that nothing will ever quench. So we must seek the one, the only one, who satisfies our souls. So we're going to continue on with verse 3 through 5. And here we see 
David teaches us to worship God. He says, because your loving kindness is better than life, he's saying because God's grace, his covenant love, because that is better than life, he praises God. Because of you alone, God, my lips will praise you. I will lift my hands in your name. My mouth offers praise with joyful lips. And why? Simply because it is because of God's covenant love. This, for us, models a commitment to him praising and worshiping God for who God is and not what he's done, just simply for him being God. And it clearly models acts of worship, right? Us giving to God, us entering into it and pouring out to God. He says, I will bless you and worship you as long as I live. And such a great commitment and devotion to God. And I love how, above all, he focuses on God. He's in the desert, and he's got to be scared to death for his life. And the worst person that could be coming after him is his son. I'm not sure I would sit there and just worship God for who he is. I'm sure I would be spouting off lots of requests that I have in that moment. But he didn't. He seeks to glorify God above self-preservation. And he says in verse 5, My soul is satisfied. My whole being is sated, filled to excess. Means fully satisfied, almost gluttonous. And he continues with marrow and fatness. And by Jewish law, no fat could be consumed. It was the Lord's. It was given over to the Lord. So the reference here as is that the result of David's worship is that through God, he feeds his very own food to David. The food that was reserved for God, he imparts to David and feeds him and he's fully satisfied. Have you ever experienced God like that? When you're worshiping him? And I don't mean singing. We worship him with our lives. But have you ever found that when you're authentically seeking God and coming before him and praising him, have you ever experienced anything like that? I remember when um, years ago, I think our girls were about two years old, and we were living in California at the time. And my family's all here. And I had been really, really focused on my career most of my life. And then when my husband and I married and we got pregnant with twins, um, I didn't have a lot of help. Um, and I went from being a career woman to now I'm a stay-at-home mom and I have no clue what I'm doing with two babies and no help. And his family was there, but they also had new babies and we just didn't have time to help each other because we were just trying to survive in our own circumstances. Um, but I remember girls were about three months old and we started going to church and I didn't like to do church and um, we we did a 180 at the time I didn't think we had but we just repented and we we were going this way and next thing we know we're going this way and I we had joined a small group and we started reading the Bible um, I had never I had a friend who had given me a Bible years ago and I finally pulled it out and took it out of the box and opened it it was even monogrammed with my name didn't have any clue how to use it but we started going to Bible study, and just some amazing um, friendships formed with women who were younger than I was, but they were more mature spiritually and had walked with the Lord for years. And they were so kind and gentle, just teaching me and spending time with me. And one thing that I had started to embrace at that point because of their influence was a spiritual rhythm in my daily life. I was so lonely because I have two-year-olds that are just, you know, they're pretty articulate, but there wasn't a lot of real fulfilling conversation all the time. No offense, babe. Um, but I was lonely. And so what I had learned was just start talking to the Lord. Speak out loud to the Lord throughout the day. And that's what I did. And I would just talk to him like Derek was there or my friend was there, and we're just chatting. And one day... The girls had, were down for a nap, and I was in the laundry room folding towels, and I was just chatting with the Lord, 
and mind you, on the, my husband had gone on a trip, and he had to be gone three weeks straight. And that was so incredibly hard. But he traveled a lot for business, and he had to go to Australia, and he couldn't get home in time before he had to be in Hong Kong. And I thought, three weeks. So I was winning. I was tired. I was exhausted. Um, I was lonely. But I'm folding my laundry, and I remember just talking with God and just pouring my heart out to him. And the, um, the in verse 5, it this is what resonated with me that day. He, he says in verse 5, My mouth offers praise with joyful lips. And that literally means lips of ringing cries. Have you ever been so joyful that you still cried out uncontrollably? That day as I was talking with the Lord, I just began to sob and sob and to that point where you're so glad no one is around you because you're just a drippy, ugly mess. But the thing was, I wasn't crying because I was lonely. I was crying because the Lord was right here before me. And he was so incredibly close. And I think it's probably my first memory of the Holy Spirit touching me and knowing God is right there with me and he's got it. And just being near him was simply good enough. That's all I needed that day. I think I almost had to launder those towels a second time because they were a wreck. But you know what? I was fully satisfied despite my circumstances, Des despite being lonely or you know, missing my husband or just needing fellowship with someone. I had an intimate relationship, and I had an intimate encounter with the living God, and that was simply enough. See, David models to us authentic praise and worship. And it's when we actively and intentionally focus on God that we can set aside our individual needs and just sit before him and worship him for who he is. Okay, so verses 6 through 8, we'll see that David models that we are to remember God. He says he also worships God on his bed where he remembers and meditates on God. And he makes a reference to night watches, and that's a military term, but it's, it's referring to periods of hours or uh, shifts, if, you, if we could say, through the night. And he's saying he remembers God through the shifts, through the night. And this is what I believe Dallas Willard was describing as he talked about his quiet time lasting all day. We're reminded to remember God. We're reminded to remember what he has done in our lives. And as we remember, it encourages our faith. It stirs our faith. It reminds us of his, of his faithfulness in our lives. The Lord says um, in 1 Corinthians 11, when taking the Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of me. We're to remember who God is. We're to remember how he's always been with us. David also says during the night when he remembers, he meditates on God. And that is a verb that means to moan, growl, or speak. Now, I have a husband in bed with me at night. If I growl, I'm not sure how he's going to respond. <laughs> he might be a little scared. But we got to get past that because what this means is David's meditation is active and it's verbal. So remember, he's in the wilderness. He's fleeing. And he's fleeing for his life, his safety. But like David, we all have an enemy. It's a spiritual enemy that likes to speak lies over us, to create fear, anxiety, restlessness, worry, those sleepless nights, even illness. But don't miss this. Don't fly past this. The basis for David's meditation is that God has been his help. He has been there He's been protected under God's wing, just like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And he sings for joy. He must have been scared to death, but he sings for joy. And he goes on to say, my soul, my whole being clings to God. The King James Version reads 
I follow hard after God. He keeps close to God. As he follows hard after God, he's upheld by the right hand of God. And that right hand is God's power and his protection for his people. It reminds us to keep the Lord before us at night and to remember his faithfulness in our lives, to remember our history with God. Okay, we're coming into the home stretch. We're going to look at verses 9 to 11, and we see that David trusts God. When we look at verse 9, we're reminded that David's enemies seek to destroy his life, but he has confidence with God and God's help that they will be destroyed. He trusts God. And just like David, we have enemies, right? We have an enemy, and it says in Ephesians 6, 12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. When we follow Christ, the enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to refer to him as, He will try everything to get us to turn away from Christ and to walk right back in our sins. He tries to persuade us that that life is just easier. Maybe it's a little bit more fun. Maybe it just brings you thrills that you would prefer to have over others. But as a follower of Jesus, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, right? The very presence of God dwells in us, and he's our help. If we speak him, he will guide us. He will speak to us, and he will lead us the way he wants us to go. Now, I want to be clear here. Um, I'm not discounting spiritual disciplines here at all. Um, You know, the reading of your Bible and memorization and fasting and prayer. I'm, I'm not discounting that at all. It's very important to our walk. We're given God's word to study, to learn from it. God speaks to us through his word. But for tonight, I wanted to focus on exactly what this psalm is teaching us. We're on a pursuit for God in response to his pursuit for us. And we, we need to be posturing our hearts for God. It goes on in... Verse 11, it just sums up. It says, David ends with, the king will rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him will glory. David speaks of himself here in third person as the king. We all have a royal heritage, right? As followers of Jesus. Our king, our capital king is Jesus. And everyone who swears by him, which means to take an oath of loyalty, will glory. The allegiance to Jesus means that his victory is our victory. And I love the example David provides here. He rejoices in God alone, not the benefits from winning the battle. No, instead, he rejoices in the one who provides the benefits, the one who is the giver. And we don't always, you know, get to experience an earthly victory here in this life. But we have an eternal victory to claim every day. And that we never have to go to battle alone because God is with us. His presence is with us. So when you lay awake at night and you feel a little tormented, just know the power of God is within us. And we just seek him in that situation. We see in this psalm David longing for God. And we see a spiritual rhythm of him seeking God in the morning. We see him worshiping throughout the day. And we see him meditating and remembering God into the night. And as he keeps close to God, as he keeps the Lord before him, he's prepared for battle. And he goes into battle armed in the power of God. And you know what? This too should be our spiritual lifestyle. This should be our spiritual rhythm every day. Just breathing him in and abiding in that. 
should seek the one who satisfies you. I'm going to go ahead and share us with Mom Dad. She's going to lead us in a couple more songs. Um, and I want to invite you ladies to stand. I wanted to explain, we're, we're going to go into something that we call ministry time. It's a prayer time. And if you're visiting, um, relax. <laughs> All we're going to do is just invite the presence of God for a moment here. And we're going to sit and wait on him. And as we do, we're going to just see what the Holy Spirit's doing and if the, the Holy Spirit is speaking anything to us. And then we're going to give you an opportunity, if you feel the Lord touching you with something, to come forward, and people are, will come up and pray with you. Um, I just want you to feel comfortable with that, that we're not doing anything weird, <laughs> that you can be, you're safe here. So I encourage you, when the Lord is speaking something out to you, it's so important to respond to that, and that's our response, is just coming forward before him. You don't even have to share while you're there. They can just pray as God leads them. So um, I just want to invite you to, if you want to close your eyes and just relax, if you want to open your hands up to the Lord, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit for a minute. Father, we just love your presence. We just love you, God, and we acknowledge you and we recognize your presence here tonight. tonight that don't know why you came um, and you don't know why you showed up tonight. Um, you might even be alone and um, the Lord just said, but you have a hunger for more. 
you have a hunger for more, and that's that's why you showed up tonight. And and he got you here, and he's filling you up, but he wants to give you more. And I think if if that just makes you go, oh, that's me, <laughs> and you know that you've just been longing for more, more of his spirit, just more of his presence. Like when Vicky was sharing about just meeting him in her laundry room, you know, you're like, I want that too. I want to sense the Holy Spirit. I want to hear his voice more. And uh, if that's just stirring in you right now, uh, I invite you to come forward tonight because we want to bless that. We want to we want to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and meet you and give you more. Because I know a lot of times we fear that he's, he's not going to really be able to satisfy us, right? We, we fear that, you know, we can't find anything else in this world that will really, really give that kind of itch. Uh, and and he, that's just such the enemy's lie to say that he can't satisfy, right? That's such the enemy's lie to say that, you know, he can't fill you and he can't give you what you need. Uh, but a lot of times it takes uh, just that one step, right? It takes that one step. And that's what Geraldo Lord is asking of us. He's saying, will you just say yes? Will you just take that one step and let me fill you? Let me give you more. And so I, I just felt that was specifically for just a couple women here tonight that you're like, I don't even know why I came tonight, but you're like, I, I want more of the Lord. And if that's you, why don't you come on up? Am I still on screen? Okay, we're going to have Sarah go ahead and, and lead us in a, a worship song or two. The other thing that, um, if you felt the Lord pursuing you tonight and you have never said yes to Jesus, I would love to pray with you if you feel the Lord calling you. I just invite you to just come on, come on up. Come on up for prayer if any of this spoke to you. You got something, Tony? Just a um, I um, felt like as Vicki was talking, I, I just saw the Lord handing each one of us an invitation into his presence, like a, a big invitation to go somewhere, a party or you know, a graduation party or whatever. And I felt like the Lord was really handing each person an invitation to his, to his presence to come hang out with him. But we almost, there's some of us here that don't take that invitation we almost look at it as as um, this condemnation that we walk with like I'm not good enough I don't do this much I don't I'm not like David I can't do it like he does and I felt like the Lord uh, really wanted to give grace to several of you to actually walk into his presence to give yourself over to that and I, I just want to encourage you I felt like through prayer Something's going to be broken in your life as you get prayer about that tonight. Okay. Okay. Come forward. We always pray for those who need healing. And if it wasn't something tonight that we shared and you want prayer, just come forward. Just respond to God calling you. And just have someone come up and pray with you. invite the Holy Spirit to just minister to them. Here's some prayers. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes sweet and my shame is
Tasted and seen the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. In your presence, Lord. In feel comfortable, open up your hands and just receive that invitation from the Lord. Just open it up and receive it. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to just breathe, breathe on several of you. Breathe on you. So just breathe in the presence of God. Come, Holy Spirit, increase your presence now.
open up his heart to him. Let him wash away the sorrow. Let him wash away the condemnation. Let him wash away the stress. wash away just those negative feelings that have been plaguing you. Some of you have just had negative feelings of rejection. And even with the Lord, you feel this fear in His presence. Let Him come. Just wash that away. Come, Holy Spirit. Let Him just give you a divine shower. Come, Lord. More. More. Let Your presence on several of you right now. Just receive that. Do you, do you feel that? Yeah, I can see some of you. Just His, his presence is just on you. Receive that touch from Him now. In fact, just even put your hand on, on your chest if you want to and receive. There's just an infilling of the Holy Spirit that's going on. Just breathe. Sarah is singing, just bask in his presence. Let him speak to you. Let him personally speak to you and call your name. of the Holy Spirit, there's physical healing actually going on. If you need physical healing, just breathe in. The kingdom of God is breaking in here right now. Just breathe in the healing of the kingdom. Even some of you, she said she felt like you had breathing issues. Receive that. Breathe in and let him just expand your lungs. And if you have your joy and 
first verse that we just sang that says that God gives hope, that he restores every heart. So if you're feeling that you just need hope from the Lord tonight, or just a restoration work, just invite you to get prayer. Even now, it's not too late. And also, another thing we sang about tonight that just keeps coming back to me is that, that God awakens us. And so if there's something in you that you feel like he's doing that now, or or that you want more of that, just ask you to get prayer for that as well and just respond to the Lord. His presence is here. When you give a life, you are loved. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that broken, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Just go ahead and continue. There's no need to rush out. But I wanted to let you know um, when you're ready, we have lots of desserts waiting out there for you. So be sure to stop by, get some desserts, and just hang out and talk and connect with each other. And just just enjoy this time together. So um, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to say a quick prayer, a blessing, and, and then we can do what we need to do. So Father, thank you. 
We just come with gratitude, thanking you for your very presence here tonight. And we thank you that we are so grateful we get to take you home with us and take you everywhere we go with you. Lord, create in us just a a greater hunger for you. Help us to walk out being a living sacrifice for you, Lord. Show us how to do that. We thank you. In Jesus' name.